Hello folks, it's Rodney Fincham with Fast and Fincham. Now I want to welcome you to the new Drag Champ Show. Now I'm excited to say the least. Son, I feel like a jackrabbit in heat. I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm just waiting on warmer weather. The three amigos are leading this show, none other than Jake Hodge, Mr. Hoodrich, Ryan Gleghorn, and Gary Don Free, Mr. Drag Champ himself. Now most of you are just like me. You love the smell of burning rubber, the smell of racing fuel. It's like perfume in the air. It's the scent of a hot dough in the middle of the rut. Now that means nose down, straight ahead, with nothing in mind but victory, baby. Now, I wouldn't ride to the store with these three yahoos, but you put them together for some good old stories, some racing news, some results from all over the world, like Foley and I chasing our dreams, big money racing, local bracket racing, no prep, hitching your step, let's get it on like Donkey Kong, son. Now that's a party you just don't want to miss. So, let's tune in, let's hang on, and let's get it on. I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. And as always, like and share, like and share. That was Hot Rod Fincham, and I am Jay Cons, joined by Ryan Gleghorn, a.k.a. Hood Rich, if you did not pay attention and did not hear, and Gary Don Free from Drag Champ. And this is the Drag Champ Show. Uh, we are coming to you from yeah, the Midwest and then the South. It depends on you know who you're looking at. I'm, I'm in Indiana, and Ryan and Gary Don in Texas, and... We've got Steve Foley from North Carolina on with us today. Man, what an interview. This is uh, this is one that you definitely want to get the popcorn out with, but be careful when you eat the popcorn because you're going to choke on it when you start laughing. So uh, big thanks to Steve and the Drag Champ Show. is just kind of a, a sit-down, bench racing, hang-out, good time, not politically correct at all show. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining. Get a hold of Gary Don at dragchamp.com if you are interested in becoming a partner with the Drag Champ Show. And sit back, relax, and have you a good week. So uh, with us today on the Drag Champ Show is a guy that uh, is solely responsible for where the coronavirus started in the U.S. Um, about a month ago, we went drag racing at Kingston Drag Strip, and Sunday morning, I stayed at his house and woke up, and I puked everywhere. I puked in his driveway, had to go back and get a pitcher and come back out to wash it out the driveway, and puked again in the same spot, so I just left it. So Steve Foley, I apologize, my friend, but... That's not the worst thing that's happened to you or the ever going to happen to you from here on out. That's uh, on a list of your racing accomplishments. That's not one of them. Taking me drag <laughs> racing somewhere. We didn't lose. Um, we almost crashed. That's cool. But tonight we're going to talk about uh, probably everything but racing. And that's just, that's just fine. It's a guy that's, uh, he's been there, done that top, bottom, middle, put it in reverse, which he probably got some kind of story of racing in reverse or something, but well, how's it going? And, uh, in North Carolina tonight. Yeah, it's all good here, man. I'm uh, I'm just sitting here. I'm not in the room that you was in. We got that core thing right now, you know. So. <laughs> uh, I didn't tell you who stayed there um, uh, in it before you, and we didn't change the sheets or Lysol or anything. So uh, now we know the origins were, of the coronavirus. Over, yeah, they were from overseas. That's all I want to say. I'm but. telling you right now, whoever it was was not cold overnight. I don't know how you can fit so many blankets on a queen size bed, but I, hey. I don't even know. Hey, and all I can say is we did not lose at Kingston, and I guarantee you, I was the only guy there to take point two something or more twice and win. Anybody can take double O and win, but anybody can take two tenths twice and win. Finish line. That that did happen in the. You know, in an all, in hindsight, being twenty twenty, and the guy probably, wasn't red either. The guy was not red. I mean, it's a legit race, and he didn't break either. I mean, it's a legit race. Wow. And, and, the, 
and you know hindsight being 2020 that night it's probably a good thing that that you didn't try to drive it down to double o because you know then i ended up with two race cars unfortunately being destroyed um, <laughs> yeah somebody, we're crashing <laughs> and, and you know where i was sitting i was just sitting in the truck i thought oh foley's up there somewhere so i'm gonna sit down here and you know i could feel the coronavirus starting to build <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to hang out for here a little bit. And I watched one guy almost crash. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be good. And sure I'm enough, three cars back. I'm three pair back. I'm just waiting. I buckled six, up eight times. <laughs> six, 670 door car uh, just turned right and then got T-bone, you know. And I was I was probably five or six runs before that. And, and Steve's wife come back and said, did you spray that guy? And I, she said, I heard you start ripping him, but did you spray him? And I said, no, the last time I ripped, it went to the high side. Oh, wow. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it was a, definitely an interesting night at the Winterfest. It was like the 33rd annual race. It is a great time. Um, it's kind of like, you know, for Ryan, it's kind of like going to Ardmore and just kicking back and having a good time on a weekend. You know, it's not a, it's not a Summit Motorsports Park. It's not a Bristol Dragway. It's, it's, a, it's a place to go and have a good time. And Winterfest is the real deal. You know, they had an inclement weather. They knew we were coming the next day. And they said, ah, oh, it's all right. We're going to race in January for one day. But uh We've got a few stories from that weekend. We won't have to dive into all of them right now. Um, however, there's not a fire ant left on the property at Kinston. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah, there's there's none there. That's for sure. So they never stood a chance. No. Oh no, no they never stood a chance. I'm talking like, like <laughs> before I left the house, I got a drum of fuel alcohol and. I used more on the fire ants than I did in my car. <laughs> I was double-ended. I, double double. I said, we didn't lose, and we're like fourth or fifth round deep. So. Uh. So, so for the people sitting at home going, who, who's this hillbilly talking? Because, you know, normally North, North Kakalakians don't talk like that. Uh, you are actually from Kentucky, unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that your basketball team is subpar to anything Indiana's got going on. But give us a little background. On, of, well, I can say you're all on the bubble. <laughs> give us a background of, of, of Steve Foley and and how you got to where you are. We're, we're going to dive into like your early childhood stuff later on, but to where you are now, you know what? What? How did you get to where you are? North Carolina. Ah, uh, well, in racing. Oh, in racing. We know we got to North Carolina. You wouldn't be nothing without her, okay? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and racing, um, quick background, both my mom and dad did it. Um, uh, my dad done it all his life. He got my mom in it. They both raced. Um, my dad could do it all, bottom bulb, top bulb, middle bulb, finish line driving. He could do a little bit of everything. Uh, my mom was straight foot brake only. She hit the bottom really well. Um, um, and to tell you about how well she hit it was um, – Back in the day, they had a what they call a king of the bluegrass at Clay City, um, yep. Kentucky. It paid five grand, which is now it's probably like a 50 grander. Um, and she rode in there in a 52 Willys Jeep that ran like 780s. My dad had sold it down with the two by four under the gas pedal. And um, that's the best throttle stop on the planet, right there. Yeah, <laughs> until, and, until and, it hangs uh, wide open. Well, yeah. And uh, she just she mowed through them off the bottom and end up she was down to she was down to three cars. I think Roy Blair had the buy run. She ran to Blaine Blair at three and beat him. And they're always using delay boxes. She's off the bottom. And then she runs a no split final with Roy 
and beats him. So I'd change it to a queen of bluegrass. She can hit the ball. I mean, she could hit the bottom uh, really well. But um, and I just just kind of grew up in it, loved it, and um, something I always wanted to do. And... So, so you're telling me you got your finish line driving at Kinston from your mama. You just hit it and go ten and two all the way to the scoreboard. That's right. No, I was actually driving the stripe to take two. I mean, fifteen. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, to be, you know what, like five above or something. But So tell us a little bit about your program today. I, I know you're doing a little NHRA race and you're doing some big money bottom bulb stuff. And, and I think we're going to get to work together in some bigger money bottom bulb stuff and some faster cars. Yeah. But um, your program today is the Duster and then the, the F-Body, right? Yep, yep, that and, and you know, Brooks Draxter. We got it going. Um, we just downloaded the motor Saturday, got it in the car. So it's, it's ready to go out. Um, Everything on that thing is brand new from front to back. Never been ran. Do you know a good engine builder? I do. I do. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I remember when I blew I blew my dragster up at Bristol, and they're like, hey, man. I said, I know somebody. We're, we're okay. I know somebody that builds motors. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny because, you know, I went to Orlando and run stock, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, and, no, I said, I'm going to get serious with stock. I'm going to go out and win a championship, you know. So I, I didn't take, see your name on the results sheet anywhere. Yeah, I was on qualifying like 29 or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see the Warrens gave you their best stuff that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I go out and, and, and um, I get there. And, you know, when I leave, my father-in-law, Jeff, he's like, man, we've almost got everything caught up. He said, here at the shop, I just got to finish Brooks' car. And I'm like, I know, you know, we're about caught up. So I go there and, and make a good first run. I quit at the thousand and I'm like, you know, I'm 70 something under or whatever, you know, we was running fast. So I tune it down and I go out and I leave and the front end comes up. When it comes down, it just goes to missing. And I'm like, damn, I have to change fuel pump. So I get back and download the run and it's something in the, uh, it's not the fuel pump. I know that the fuel line's perfect. It's in the ignition. So we change crank trigger go out, make a really good run in their Q3. I quit at the thousand, want to stay where I was at on the ladder. The next day, it rains us out in my tow truck, which is Jeff's. I break, I, it breaks down like three times. <laughs> you know, AC compressor goes out, some sensor goes out. So I'm trying to fix this thing. I rig it up to get it home. And then I go out first round, and as soon as I hit the gas, it don't move. I'm like point three something on the tree, you know. So now we got problems with the yellow car. So when I come back, I said, Jeff, I called Jeff, and I said, you thought you was called up till I went to Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'm bringing back that, that works is a golf cart, which I've already <laughs> blew up twice. <laughs> How many times did you bust your ass on the floor with a toter? Oh, gosh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. It's still slick. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do there, but it's ready. It's ready. So, so, uh, so Jeff is, is, you know, a typical engine builder. He's very, very, um, what, what's the right word for this? Particular. Jeff, very particular. No, he, he is a um, perfectionist at everything he does. And, and he I found the, that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. But I mean, like, a perfectionist. Everything he's got is spotless, clean, and that's not a bad thing. I try to keep my stuff that way, but I mean, he, everything he does is a perfection. I mean, he, he's, 
He's on top of his game yeah, there. And, and he first got that new toter home, and he cleaned the floor so good that Lang, Langdon, <laughs> which is Steve's son, hopped off the couch, and his feet just went right out from under him. I mean, it was – Yeah, he, 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 he put some type of wax or something on it, and it, oh, it shined it up good, but it was like ice. I mean, you can't stand up. We're trying to, we're trying to, and he takes the couch out and has it redone, and we're trying to put the couch back in, and me and him both is on the ground and trying to find something to to grip on where we can put the couch back in because we're sliding out the door. You know, I could just see you coming out their first round of stock and just mad as hell, just step on that floor and just eat it. Oh yeah, yeah, missing missing your front tooth. What happened? I waxed the floor and Cody still still not got the wax off. Uh, my dad does that with armor all in his floorboards of his truck. You get in that dually and you slide right out because the floorboards are so slick. Yeah, yeah. Armor all ain't got nothing on this. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So to give to give the background of of your early childhood, you know, you encountered a lot of stuff before you started your racing career that that really nobody can really say. I think you were what nine. I was nine years old. I had a um, at nine years old. All right. Growing up, I had the perfect childhood, into sports, played baseball, basketball, you know. I was good enough. I even played some college ball. I was good enough to play at Indiana, but I didn't want to go there, so I chose to go to <laughs> We don't want you. <laughs> you know, if, I go to, if I'm going to go and play at Indiana, I'm going to play NIA. Forget this. But anyways, I was, uh, I'll joke aside, I was, uh, I was nine years old, and I suffered a brain aneurysm that actually burst. Uh, um, I went into a coma for several weeks. Uh, the doctors told my parents I would be brain dead. I'd be in a vegetable state the rest they of the They wasn't life. wrong. Yeah. So what? So they wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm still there. <laughs> I'm still there. Uh, but um, but I, like I said, I was in a coma for a couple of weeks. And when I come out of it, um, I forgot everything I learned previously. Um, so... Um, you know, the Lord has blessed me and, and obviously sees my future and I'm just going to let him guide me wherever he wants to take me. Wow. That's an awesome story. Amen. Yep. Where do you go from there, Jake? Where do I go from there? <laughs> I feel like you just I caught go. me straight <laughs> in the dick. <laughs> well, where I go from there is, is, you know, you, you went and played college ball, but your brother had a, a, he was getting ready to get signed to a major league contract. Yeah. And, yeah. and you were in Pomona, right? You were leaving Vegas? No, that's my older brother. younger brother. My older brother was about to get signed. He, he was about to get signed to a major league contract, and he, he tore his, his knee out, his ACL or MCL or something like that. Um, now, my little brother, I was in – I went to Las Vegas. I went to the Million and semi'd on Sunday million and i left there and went with brad ford and we went oh. to vegas for two weeks and then pomona um so from vegas to pomona um i called my dad uh, you know me and my dad were were as tight as they come so i called him every day so I called him. He didn't answer, but the time's different. And I'm like, oh, he might be in the baths. But I called him the next day, same thing. Called him the next day, same thing. I'm like, something's wrong. I called my mom, and she answered. And I'm like, 
what's wrong? She's like, hey, you know something's wrong? And I said, because dad is not answering. He's not called me. So um, long story short, uh, my brother, my little brother, had took his phone and um, kind of got involved in some drugs and um, uh, ended up getting murdered. And he was missing. He was he, he went missing, and, and they couldn't find him at the time. So my dad said, well, your brother's missing. And I'm like, oh, no, you know. So um, it went a couple weeks. Um, I think he was missing for about 10 days or so um, when they found him. And um, and he'd been murdered. So, um, um, so yeah, just, you know, my I, tag on my. The mom and dad, now that I got a kid, I can't imagine what's, you know, you don't know till you cross that bridge. And, you know, I got one, I got one son and couldn't imagine what it's like to lose him, you know, but they have lost one and, and come close to losing another one with me when I was nine, you know, so um, you just, you just never know, you know, so. Well, you've been through a lot, but you have such a great, sounds like outlook on life and personality. I mean, is that just uh, how you kind of, always have been or is that just from the result of knowing how serious yeah. life can be sometimes so you take it you, you know you know i appreciate you know i appreciate that but the way i look at it you know from from after i had my aneurysm you know i mean it happened so fast i was i was nine years old and i was riding my bike that morning and then i was playing uh, baseball with my brother and i got a headache while i was batting and i struck out and i said i'm done i got a headache my brother got mad because I batted first. He's like, you just want to bat first. You don't want to pitch, you know. I'm like, no, I got a headache. So I went in the house, and within 30 minutes, I was, you know, I didn't know I was in the world. Um, so, you know, it just kind of shows you how quick life, you know, can change. And I saw that from my perspective. So, um, and I, I tell mom and, dad, mom and dad that, you know, all the time. They've, we've all struggled with the passing of my little brother. Um, but you know, the Lord gave him, gave him to us for 25, 26 years, you know, um, you know, so that's 25 or 20, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there that lost their kids or, you know, at a, at a young age, you know, there's, there's kids, you don't have to be old to die, you know? So, um, I just take every day as, you know, it's a blessing and it is a blessing that the Lord has given me. And like I said, he's put me in a, a great position and surrounded me by great people and and um you know i just i've always tried to make the good decisions because i feel like i've got a second chance at life you know um a normal life i would say ain't nothing normal about me i'll tell you that right now but uh, <laughs> well, you do but, hang out with hodge quite frequently and no, you, I just grew, and you grew up with fincham so i mean <laughs> well i feel sorry for them both you know you kind of <laughs> He told me, he said, I just live right down the road from Kinston. It's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, there wasn't a hotel any closer. So. I just want to know, yeah. Steve, is, uh, did Fincham, would he help you get to college ball? I heard he's pretty good at basketball. Listen. <laughs> you, you got a story or two on that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a story on, on that. Look, <laughs> I talked to him the other day, and I, you know, and, we got a group chat going on with Jerry Hunt and his boy Jake and his boy Jake too. That's another thing. Jake Ball, Jake just ball. his last name is Ball. He thinks he can ball. He can ball. <laughs> Listen, this is what I did. I've never seen him play. 
but he was talking about how good he is, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, if you can beat me one-on-one, I will double you at the WFC, pay all your entries, buybacks and everything. If you beat me, you can just buy me back one day. That's how confident I am. Oh, oh, you're on, blah, 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 you know, this and that. You want to play make it, take it? I said, Jay, we'll play whatever you want, you know, whatever. <laughs> then I said, hey, he said, we're doing the, the day before the WFC. This is last year. I said, Jay, I talked to Jared, which I did, and I was making this stuff up. I said, I talked to Jared, and, and right before the gambler's race, he's going to set up a basketball goal in the staging lane. <laughs> And all the people are going to be there. <laughs> back from Jake, he went missing. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, uh, but for Rodney now, I do got a quick one on Rodney. You know, we're, we're in his group chat. And my buddy Jerry Hunt said, you know, how's the Falcon coming along, Rodney? And he said, Falcon? He said, I'm retired. I'm a basketball coach now. <laughs> oh, my God. Championship, you know, coach, coaching his little kids. And I'm like, Oh, Lord, have mercy. I feel sorry. Because, listen, we was going to a race one time in um, northern – it might have been Clay City, somewhere up in Kentucky, and he was coming a day early to stay the house, stay the house with me. And I said, um, Rodney, can you play ball? And he said, yeah. And I said, I'm in a men's league. We got a game. You can, you can come and play with us. He's like, oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. He shows up. He warms up, you know, blah, blah, blah. 20-minute halves, 10 minutes in the game, I come out, let him in. <laughs> the other team's shooting free throws. Rodney goes out there, and he's guarding the guy while he's trying to shoot free throws. <laughs> I'm like, Rodney's shooting free throws. So he gets in his little box, you know, and that guy starts dribbling. As soon as he starts dribbling, Rodney walks out in the middle of the lane. <laughs> lane violation. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, you know? So then we go down, we go down to the court, and of course his his guy scores because Rodney's probably over there talking to somebody in the stands. Like, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. So on the way back, you know, we we throw the ball in. Rodney's trying to be point guard, and he brings it up to the court. He crosses half court line, and he stops, picks his dribble up, and then he's going to check it with the guy like he's playing at the court. <laughs> I'm like, Rodney, we're not at the park, dude. You know, that's a turnover layup. He missed five shot free throws, but he lane violation every time, so he got no <laughs> shot. He made it, you know. I can hear him now. Ain't nothing free in this world, son. Yeah. <laughs> for you, but the bench, I got him out and said he, he didn't get back in the game. <laughs> hey, that's, maybe that's where he started his coaching career. <laughs> I don't maybe know. so. Well, we have to give you props. If y'all haven't been to the Drag Champ Facebook page, you have to hear the intro that Fincham did. Uh, it oh, is yeah. it is so funny. I mean, Steve I just keep listening to it, listening to it, and it's just funny as hell. I sent Steve the first one, and he thought that was the best one. I thought it was, too, because that's classic Rodney right there. Like, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me turn my page. Yeah, I, when, I, <laughs> when I listened to it, I said, that's got to be edited, because that ain't the Rodney. You know, Rodney and, and then Jake said, Shoot, you already heard the first one. You can hear the pages turn. I said, that's a lie because he can't read. <laughs> it was a picture show. I said, the only thing he can do good is talk, and he can half drive a race car half the time, you know. But, well, sometimes he does both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's only, I mean, where we got this is, you know, he would he would call me and put his phone in his helmet a lot of times. 
and he would be sitting in the staging lanes and he'd have his phone up in his helmet and I'd be like, what's going on, Rodney? Man, I'm, I'm in the finals. <laughs> about to pull out on the track. I'm just going to keep you on here. All right, sounds good. <laughs> what's their game plan? You know, I want to try to be, you know, 15 at the tree and I got to work three times and drag the brake and, and, you know, and, and then I got to drive and try to get there. Rodney, why don't you just keep it simple? Hit the tree, run the number, dude. Come on. You know, right. And yeah, he would right there, and he would leave, and he'd say, oh, "I hit that foley. I hit it." You know, blah blah blah, and he would call it. So, I love listening to him because he gets so like into it, and it's just he's having so much fun with it, and so it's all it's almost as fun as listening to Gleghorn miss the tree and go, "Oh, I missed it." Yeah, yeah, Foley. <laughs> I need you to rate. I need you to rate Gleghorn's run one to ten on, on a live feed on a live feed rating here. What? I know you heard it. I need I need you to give us an honest one to ten because I mean he had a plan and it, he executed it. And is it is it is the ten the good or the ten? Yeah. <laughs> just just the run was terrible. I'm highly aware. <laughs> oh, 057 get behind eighty five was not the game plan when we staged up. The wind light didn't come on though, did it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it did. Oh, wind light come on. Yeah. Yeah. The way I always <laughs> the way I always said is. Best looking last the wind lot. As Catfish yeah. says, he says, it don't matter what happens. You've got one job. He said, but, it don't matter how but, you do it. But I said that, and one time my wind lot didn't come on, and I actually won the race. This is an NHRA divisional. No way. Did yeah, someone I, fail fuel check or what? No, no. I leave. I get down there. I rip, 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 go through. I'm under, no wind lot, and I'm like, dang. I look over and I thought, man, he's under two, but I don't know what's going on here. And um, oh, they had so a heads I, up. I, I get my I get my ticket and the guy's shaking my hand. He's like, "Good job!" And he's checking fuel and stuff. And I look and I'm like, "He's thirty under six hundreds. I'm twenty two under five thousand. Hold up, <laughs> <laughs> hold up, this ain't right, you know." That's so a, that's they had never, stuff. Got their, never got their first one. The wind lock, you know, so. Uh, so they made it right, though. They put me in. That, put me that's the in. time that the A stock car outran the C stock car. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and a heads up race. Yeah, and a heads up race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing about stock. It is nothing worse than, than going out there and leaving on somebody. And before you hit second gear, they, they put a car length on you and they just pull away the whole way down the track at a heads look, up race. Look. I was going to go stock. I've never been stock racing. And I said, I'm going to buy me a stock eliminator car. And Adam Davis had one and it was fairly priced good and it run below index. And I said, Oh, this is me. So I bought it. And I tell you what, the only time I lost is a heads up, which was every race. (laughs) (laughs) I got a heads up and this guy's, you know, he's three seconds quicker than me, you know? And I'm like, what the heck? And then that's how I met Brooke though. So I met Brooke, and then I'm like, oh, and I, st- I started talking to my buddy, and they're like, oh, her dad's Jeff Warren and Bobby Warren, and they make a lot of power. And I said, my Nova needs power. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she was selling, you was buying, right? He wasn't marrying for money. He's marrying so for I, horsepower. I immediately ran to her trailer, and I was like, what's up? <laughs> Can you help me? Weed? Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to that. How'd you do that again? So what's up? That, obviously that worked <laughs> well no this is actually what happened so we kind of changed phone numbers we're at charlotte and she texts me she's like 
why don't you meet me in the stands? Ooh. I said, all right, I'm on my way. Jumped on my little scooter. It's 1972 Honda or Yamaha. It's like a Yamaha townie, I think is what it's called. It's yellow. I rode up through there. You can see the white smoke as I was coming, you know. <laughs> so I rode up. I find her. We're sitting side by side, and we're in the, we're in the bleachers there in the stands at Charlotte. And, you know, they got the back part of it. And she's got a, a Bojangles little handkerchief, and she's, like, messing around with it. And I can tell she's nervous. I'm like, babe, just calm down. You know, I know I look good. You know, you look good. We're going to be a good couple. Just calm down a minute, you know. <laughs> You're nervous. Just, you know, so I'm talking, trying to get her to calm down. Well, she dropped the handkerchief. She bent over really quick to pick it up, and I swear to you, she ran her head through the back of the bleacher. <laughs> like the whole bleacher went whoa, 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 all makes, the way down. This makes so much sense. Yeah. So she gets up, and it's imprinted across her forehead, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and she's not saying anything, and I can see her eyes is, like, getting watery. <laughs> and, and I'm like, did you really just try to run your head through the bleacher? Because if you did, you succeeded. <laughs> you know, and she's like, yeah, and it hurt, and it knocked the sense out of her. That's why she married you. That's oh, why yeah. she married Oh, we got it now. Yeah. You got I, it now. And then I, she, I, I mean, she can't see really well either, you know, so I don't let her wear her glasses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got those two things going for me. So, we're, guys, we're learning the secrets of marrying up. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, no. I got to tell you the best part. This is the best part. So I go over and I meet her family. You know, so I meet Jeff and he's like, you know, he's like, my wife, she just walked in. She just got off work. But. We meet, I meet her, I meet her family, meet Jeff, you know, everything's good. Well, I'm just kind of just chilling, you know, I'm playing hard to get a little bit, you know. <laughs> okay. I'm like kind of chilling maybe. in the corner, playing hard to get, but kind of looking probably like a stalker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> her mom is, if you ever meet, if you've ever met her mom, she's like, she, she's got to know what's going on all the time. You know, she's like, she's the stalker too of the family. So she's checking me out like, who is this guy in our pit area, you know? So she goes up to Brooke, and she's talking to Brooke, and she's like, oh, Mom, that's Foley. You got to meet him. She's like, is this the guy you're telling me about? And I'm like, yeah. So I go up, and she introduced me, and I meet her, and I talk to her mom for a little bit, you know? So I leave. They didn't tell me this till later until I got the family. So I leave, and a month has went by. Me and Brooke are talking, you know, we're – we're talking, maybe start trying to get in some type of relationship deal. And ow, ow. Yeah. Woo. Oh. I meet her. I'm, you know, I meet her at the racetrack again and I go up and I talk to her mom and dad and I leave and she asked Brooke, she said, <laughs> she said, Brooke, is that Foley? Brooke said, yeah, mom. That's who you're talking to? Yeah, mom. Why? Ain't he a little special, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he don't seem like he's all there. Well, I mean, she hit me. I mean, she got it right because I'm not, you know. But she really thought I was special. Like, I've I, I licked windows on the school bus. Right? <laughs> you know. So, and I, she's like, Mom, no, that's just, you know, that's just how you act. He's just funny, blah, 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 you know. But, yeah. If I know you like I, I think I know that, you. That's just thing. she got a good <laughs> – her grandson is my kid. You know, <laughs> he's not. He's like a devil window looker. <laughs> he's like a devil window looker. If 
if I know I'm you, I'm making like notes I on I, all these words. If I know you, like I think I know you, heading to the stands at Charlotte. Was that was that little Yamaha half throttle? Oh shoot, man! It was it was less than half throttle. I was just putting along, dude. Oh yeah, you wasn't no big deal, nothing. No, no, because everything I do is kind of like I talk, kind of slow paced, you know. Take the finish hey, line. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? What I what on a back to a serious note. Uh, hi, Brooke. How are you? Um, Good. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the coronavirus. Um, I did not do it. I had nothing to do with that. Whew. I said you bojangles. No, it's oh, you made him cook out. Cook out, what to do? And I had to, I had to look at them billboards for four hours on the way home the next day. Every time you see it, you had to stop and throw up again. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped <laughs> you was, you was, you was like you was like out. dry heaving. <laughs> hey, whenever you're as good as we are, Foley, there's only so many restaurants open that late at night okay that's true i mean when you don't when you go to track and you don't lose right. maybe maybe if your wife would cook every now and then but we're not gonna go there yeah no I thought you that's what have, the waffle house was for you would have more than yeah well you would have you would have probably been dead <laughs> <laughs> so so back to a, a real more serious note you know all this stuff in your life has happened you know in and, and i know that I know, I know that sometimes you got to act like it don't bother you because, you know, there's a time and place for it. And is there a time that, like, you say one of the times you've won the World Foot Break Challenge, is there a time where you got to kind of center yourself and, and bring yourself back down? Because, you know, we all get excited. We're down to four, six, 38 cars for me. Um, <laughs> is there a time that you sit I bet it was in or 38 when you ran? Well, Thursday night I got down to nine, but we're not going to talk about it. <clears throat> but – uh. Is it, what do you, what do you do to bring yourself back down to to earth? You know, and not earth, so to speak. But you know, do you think, hey, you know, still got to dig through this. I still got, you know, three more wind lines to turn on. What is your trigger for that to to bring yourself back down? Because no, I actually I actually take a different approach to what you just said. Like three more wind lines. So, uh, my approach is every round is a final round. That's how I go and stage the car. This is final round, you know. Um, I talk to myself a lot in the car. I have a game plan. Um, so I treat every round as a final round. Um, I also, um, and I tell Brooke the same thing, you know, and, and, you know, what might work for me, might not work for her or you or, you know, you know what's going on. But, um, you know, I treat every round as a final round. Um, but when I was when I was playing baseball as a pitcher, a lot of times when I got you know bases loaded, you know you this guy's got to get out. I wrote this saying on my hat, and I'd take my hat off, and I would look at it, and they always say this pitch. I say, all right, this pitch right here, let's make it count. So every pitch, this pitch. So when I get in the car before I stage, nobody better right here. Nobody's better. So that's how you know that's how I approach it. And of course, you know, when you get down to later rounds, some adrenaline gets to flowing, this and this. I kind of like to separate myself. I'll still talk and, and BS a little bit, but, you know, I will walk. I will walk, get a lot of, I drink a lot of water. I will walk and kind of get to myself a little bit. Um, um, 
and just, you know, go from there and, and don't and try not to think about it. You know, this is the final round, although I'm down to seven. This is the final round, you know. Just go out there and treat it as the final round. You're not coming back next round, win or lose. Treat it as the final round. But I will tell you, my greatest weakness is if I went out every round and drove as I was racing against Nick Hastings, I would I would do a lot better than I I do. I, I tend to if I go out and I I tend to know the person and say, oh, you know, they're subject to be ninety, kind of like you. If I'm running you and I'm like, all right, subject to be ninety, or he's subject to be ninety red. I was, or, I was ninety up. against Fincham. Yeah, but but now I'm subject to say, all right, let's sit on it right here and make sure we get out green. And all of a sudden you miss it and you sit on it and you're 52 and your guy's 40 and you're both dead on, you know, you lose. Like, like the tracker. I go a race as a Nick Hastings, you know, or, you know, a really good driver, so to speak. Um, I'd feel like I, that's, that's my biggest weakness. I just need to go out there. So that's what I'm trying to do. You know, she's still out there and, and, and try to mow it over every time. And, See what happens. But that's how I, you know, that's what I do. I, I treat every round as a final round. Um, you know, when I get down, the experience has helped me. Now, when I was younger, I would get deep and, you know, the adrenaline would get me or um, I'd kind of get excited and I don't get excited. You know that? Yeah, no kidding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I kind of had to train myself, and then i go out, and I would do something stupid, or I would try too hard. I would catch myself going out, and I'd want to win so bad. I would try so hard that, you know, I would beat myself. So I would try to eliminate beat myself. I'm kind of an odds racer. Um, I play the odds a lot, so I want to lay something. I want to try to lay something down really good without kicking it red and make you beat me, you know. Um, Hey Ryan, we've made it to a final round, buddy. <laughs> we, we think that way. If we think every round's a final round, dude, we would never lost a race. We've lost. We've lost every final we've ever been in. Yeah, you've hey. you'd run her up every race. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a lot better. As long as I get a check, I'm cool with it. Well, it's when is you know? It's because we announced. We still get a check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I might have to break uh, out know, that so, announcing thing to find me a check then. Yeah. So I just kind of approach every race, every round as a final round um, is how I learned to deal with it. And that way, when you do get to the final round, it's no different than first round, the way you're approaching it. You know, hey, it's still final round. So, you know, go out there, hit the tree, run the number, do what you've been doing all day to get you here. You know, why change something? So, uh, but, you know, you, I race accordingly. I, I have a game plan and and that game plan, for example, when – when I was at the WSC, the first one I won was pure luck. I lucked my I lucked my way to about seven cars, no, to about thirteen. Um, I was just finding myself on the good side of the double O margin of victories. And at twelve cars, no, it was I'm sorry, at fourteen, I was still doubled. I lost my first one because I missed a tree. Um, I come back on my second one and I'm double O seven and I win. And I'm at seven cars, and my dad's a nervous wreck. 
we're running for 20K and we're at seven. And dad's like, man, maybe you'll get to buy a run. I'm like, dad, I ain't getting to buy a BMW 07. He said, well, maybe it'll rain and we'll split it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to rain. So uh, uh, I roll out and, and, and Rodney at the time was round tracking. Another good story. He was a spotter, if you can believe it or not. He was a spotter for Jimmy Owens, the the, um, the one of the baddest dudes I think that does dirt the models. Yeah, yeah, one of the baddest. Dudes. He was a spotter. Could you imagine being on? The, I mean, well, I've you been, got another one in the. I'll be yeah. right back, going to get a cheeseburger. Yeah. So um, um, he was he was on the way back from New York or somewhere, and Jared called him and said, "Hey, you boys on the buy run at seven. I want you to announce it. So he let Rodney announce it through the phone, you know, which is cool. So, <laughs> um, and then I come back at four and I ran, I ran Brad Florida at four. And I remember that race, we were like 14 to 15. I'm 14. He's 15. We tried to outstop each other. He outstopped me. We're both two with the five above. I take one trying to get behind. You know, and then I ran Nick Hastings in the finals, and I was 008. He was, he was 20 something, but he he's fun, and I won. But, um, you know, the second WFC, it was, it was, um, it was tough. I mean, every round was just, you had. To, I mean, I was, I, I was three, yeah, I was three, take nothing to be, one thou under, you know, for the win, and he's like. He's like four, one thousand under, you know. It's just wow. crazy stuff, and and um, so you know that's that's one of those that's one of those times I just approached every round like like a final round because it was. I mean, because I had like I remember that race I had Ricky Pennington. I turn around and come back, and I have like Nick Hastings. I turn around and come back, and I have um, Adam Davis. Turn around, come back, and I have Richard Alford, and I have Chris Plot in the finals. You know, all back to back to back to back. So um, oh. that was a that was a 20k final anywhere you go. You know, ever ever round. So was that the most you'd ever staged up for? Was a 20k final? Yes. Yep. So did, was it any different than your first race that you won in your duster when you were 15? Or sure was, sure was. Um, uh, you know, when I was 15, when I staged up, I was just, you know, that was my first final. It, it wasn't like I was treating every round as a final. That was my first final, and the guy made me mad because he wasn't split, you know. So, I'm, you know, I'm beating his butt now, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, so as I grew old, as I got older and and it started running some of the bigger races and would go deep and, you know, those, I never have gotten nervous. Um, but you know, I had to learn to control, to control how I handled it. And, and, um, I guess, you know, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for to, you know, when you get your blood pumping, you know what I'm saying? Adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. I know you I can't spell it, but that's how you say it. So, so I've never staged for any kind of big money bracket racing. I've done mostly in HRA. And when you race in a final of a national event, you're not necessarily thinking about the money because it's all contingency. You don't know how much you're getting anyway. Sure. Right. So it's an $1,800 check you're racing for, but it's, so what's it like if you start thinking about, Hey, it's 20 grand on the line when you're semis or any of that, or, I mean, y'all, y'all talk about splits. So 
you know, I'm interested to see what that's like because you've been there multiple times. Yes, sir. So, you know, there's when I was younger, if I got, you know, when I got deep, if we want to talk split, I was ready to talk split. Um, then, you know, as I started getting older and I was like, hey, you know, I, you know, I can do this for a living. Um, then I started because, you know, my dad owned a, a car business. Um, um, you know, I could work, get off work when I wanted to. So I said, you know what? I will start being more aggressive and not splitting as much, you know, or, or whatever. So, um, you know, when I'm at seven cars, um, if I'm on the buy run, the only way I'm splitting is if I'm going to get more money. So if we got $30,000 to work with, okay, give me an extra grand. Let's knock it off the top. We got 29,000. Now let's split because I'm already gone. You don't give me an extra thousand for being on the buy or two or whatever it is, you know. Uh, if not, all right, good luck to you. you know? So when you start talking about the split, but like you said, there's 30 grand out there. Does that get in your head a little bit? Or is it just you're on at that point and it's just part yeah. of the normal it's doing just, business? It's just, it's just part of the normal doing business. I mean, for me, you know, for me, it's, it's a part of normal doing business. You're not, at that point, you're not going out there trying to win the money. You're just going out there to do your job. And your job is put the helmet on, you know, do everything A to B as best as you can do. And if your wind light comes on, good deal. You know, um, if not, it's not going to be good, but hey, you just run it up that seven car final round or whatever. <laughs> What about the prestige of the WFC? I mean, you've talked a lot about it, and I mean, I hear so much about the importance of that race. I won won the bracket finals several, you know, well, I won the bracket finals twice. I've probably been in the finals of a bracket finals about 20 million times and run it up. Um, Race of champions, I've won them from, you know, a couple different divisions. Um, But the prestige at, you know, of everything I've won – um, the WFC is by far the hardest to win um, just because of the packages are so tight. I mean, um, it's, if you can get in deep rounds at the WFC, I feel that's better than the early rounds because a lot of times the early rounds, a lot of guys are going out there and think they got to be double O and dead on to win. You don't. A lot of times you do if you get that one pair. And if it falls green – and they're double O, dead on, you lose, you know. If you can get past those two or three, four rounds and get beat, now you're going to be, in my opinion, you know you're going to be set up what you're trying to be all day, which is, you know, I'm going to set up to be mid-team, I'm going to be dead on. If I hit it, I'm double O. If I miss it, I'm high 20, mid-20, and I still got a chance to win. You know, I'm like that, but I'm off the top ball. <laughs> if I hit it, I'm probably ten to thirty, and if I miss it, we're we're somewhere out there in left field. But the thing with you, Jake, you don't never know if you hit it or miss it, you know. So you can let go and be like, leave, and you're still thinking, all right, I'm ten to thirty, and you get the ticket, and you're like eighty-two, and you're like, dang. I, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hold on a minute. We're talking about the guy that got your tickets for you coming back, and you said, "Man, I think I took about fifty right there." And I said, "Foley, this ticket right here says a hundred and two, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> I only missed it fifty. Now, come on, yeah. Foley. The good it's thing about right. 
the good thing about superclass racing is when you let go, you can look over and you know if you hit it or not. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, right. A, that's a cheating man's way of doing it. So, so you talk about the prestige of the WFC, and, you know, Ryan, Ryan got to come and announce the WFC. Him and I did it this year. And I don't know if, if he can kind of allude to the differences because I've been to Texas and announced a bracket race because Ryan thought he, <laughs> thought he wanted to drive a Pinto that weekend. Um, Hood rich. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, coming from Texas to the WFC, it, it, I'm not, this is not shaming Texas because Texas knows how to race, obviously, you know, every, everybody at the fall fling, every winner was from the row of Texas, whether it was, they were from Texas or not, it was either, you know, a Coughlin, it was, you know, anybody from that row has won, but what, what's the difference, Ryan, whenever you came up here to announce a foot brake race as, as it is down there, because not only is it more in numbers, just because Texas is literally the size of Virginia and, and Alabama and Georgia put together. Um, you know, obviously every race is a little bit different and a little bit the same. Uh, for me, growing up, uh, I'm young enough that I remember when the first foot brake challenge come out, and it was a big deal to us because I come from a family of bottom bulbers, uh, much like Foley. Uh, but like on a normal weekend out here, I mean, obviously we have some very, very tough racers. We got Jake Howard. We have Chad Sandlin. Uh, we have Max McLaughlin. We got a guy named Kevin Martin, who if you haven't heard of him yet, you're going to. Kmart. Kmart is a bad man. Um, and we got our Houston people. We got the foot brake fool, Jay Robinson. And, you know, you get Drew Porsche. And you get these people together, and they can put together a really good show. Uh, but you go to Bristol, and it's like that most of the day. It was a very, very cool experience for me to finally get to go. And I actually got to race it, too, which it worked out like every other race I run. About third round, I'm rolling back to the cooler. But, you know, it's... It's extremely difficult to win, it, which makes it really more impressive on Steve's behalf when it back-to-back years. Uh, I think you won it in 11 and 12. That's right. I won it on a – kind of funny. I won it on a um, Sunday in 2011. Then I come back on a Friday, and I was still doubled like third or fourth round, and it rained, and they called it and split the money. And then I came back Saturday – and um, and won it Saturday. Yeah. See, and to me, you know, there's so many cars because you have like this year we had 400 and some odd cars. I think when I won it, there was 456, and I told I told Steve Stites the first year I won it, there's 456, and I said, dude, next year you're gonna have a record crowd. And he said, why are you why are you saying that? And I said, because. People's watching this on live timing, and if I can win it, anybody can win it. <laughs> they all you're going to have free enters coming everywhere, you know. Not and true. I think the next year they had like 470-something. I said, I told you, man. Not, so instead not of true. the moneymaker effect in poker, we've got the Foley effect for the WFC. <laughs> oh, boy, that could be that could be branded right there, the Foley effect. The Foley effect. But, you know, there's so many cars that show up, it make, it's a very, very difficult race to win. Uh, and – I mean, you have so much time between rounds, especially if you're not doubled like me. Uh, that's just because I'm poor. But so for you to go back-to-back years is super impressive. I know there's other people that have won it 
in multiple years as well. Uh, like the year Beard ran himself in the final, that's still yeah. He beat me at like eight cars that time too. He he oh, was put bad. that hat back on. <laughs> With Beard, is, he's a bad dude, anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he, he's my I'm buddy, gonna, and he's a little bit different, but he can hit the bottom. That's the thing. There's so many good racers, bottomville racers, and then it's like they all go to the, like the WFC or you know something like that. It makes it. I mean, it makes it difficult to win. Uh, I'm assuming that you're going to be in Bristol on Labor Day. Sure am. As long as the good Lord's will, I will be. Is there a race that weekend? Uh, we're <laughs> we're swapping feet for $100,000. I mean, one, I guess Steve is. I don't know if I'm going to be. All right, well, <laughs> the BTE 100K, the BT, Labor, Labor Day, Day 100K. 100K. We'll give yeah. Jed a uh, – uh, a free shout out there yeah he's done that for me he deserves at least one he's enough <laughs> for the sport he deserves a lot <laughs> yeah that's, that's ryan's uh alabama dad yeah there you go i have multiple fathers it's like a guaranteed 100k though right right and, oh yeah and you yeah. know and when that was announced it's the worst kept secret there ever was you know really but you, it, everybody was talking about you know is it time for it is it, is it a place for it you know where when why and there's nobody that's going to put a foot brake race on that pays a hundred grand, but Steve and Jared, just because, you know, they've built that brand. It's kind of like what Kyle and Peter have done with the top bulb stuff. You know, that's, that's the only comparison there is it's apples to apples, but you know, whenever they announced that, it's not like everybody went, Oh, everybody just went, okay, here's my money. You know, I mean, they had nine pre-entries before the race started and they announced it before round one went down the racetrack. You know, it's not a, it, it wasn't a surprise. Everybody knew that it was coming, but you know, Think of the gonads them two guys have. You know, hey, we're gonna put on a hundred thousand dollar foot brake race because foot brake was really supposed to be keeping costs down for for a generalized. You know, you go to any racetrack ever, foot brake's gonna be cheaper than top bulb. Yep. But we're gonna spend. Uh, what is it to enter, Ryan? I don't. I, it is shame on pre me. pre entry seven fifty, which I don't know if pre entry's up or not. Right. Uh, yeah. And then at the gate, I think it's nine hundred. And you've got guys that don't spend seven hundred fifty dollars in entry fees all year long going and racing points at their home track. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that you know they had to take and think, what can we do right here to bring those guys out that don't do that? Because the the normal crowd of four hundred, they're going to be there, but it's got to be more. You know, I was um, I was I, I used to run track points a lot, and I've won thirteen track championships or whatever, but. I started, I started running some of the big money races, and obviously when you run big run money, you're going to have to, in order to compete at a track points, you're going to have to be at that track every weekend. So I started missing a lot of points, and, and some, of the, some of the local guys was like, you know, what, you know, what's the benefit of running those bigger money bracket foot brake races? And I said, well, to me, you're here. And nothing against, you know, the small, you know, because, you know, obviously the small tracks got to have the points racers. But, you know, if you can you, you can pick a couple and if you win one of them, it's just like you win a track championship, what the money pays. You know, yep. but it's also making you a better racer. You know, because if you go if you go against some of those guys, you're only going to be like Jake and be 90 a couple of times. And then Jake's going to be start being 20 and teen. And, and, you know, it's just like. Hey, I was, I was nine total one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye, run. But no, when you go, two dead seven. <laughs> but when you go, when you go to like, like when you go to the WFC, 
and you compete, the next four or five weeks at your local track, you're going to win. Or you're going to go deep because you're used to being team every shot, and it's going to, you know, it's going to be easy. Yep. Or there's guys that can win every week at their local track because they know everybody, they know the track, but then they go off to race another track and they can't compete. And so going to those different tracks and events definitely makes you step up your game. Yeah, it's going to make you a better racer all around. So it just depends on how, you know, what you want to do. You know, obviously when I had my, I had my son here, it, it slows you down traveling wise a little bit. And there's so many big races now you kind of got to pick and choose and, not, you know, we talked about Beard earlier. I think, you know, one of the best races is his Bigfoot 40 deal he's got going on. I've, I've been mm-hmm. to every one of them, and it's just a really good race. Um, you know, the Thanksgiving race he puts on yeah. for the bottom bulb deal is a really good race. Um, you know, and I mean, even when, you know, I, my bucket list is to go to Vegas and run the fling bottom bulb deal. I've yet to do that. I ran the bottom bulb deal here. He had it a lot. Um, there wasn't a big turnout for the bottom bulb guys, and I would ask some of the locals, and they were like, man, I know I can't compete with those bottom bulb guys that's coming in out of town. And But, I mean, just 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 try it. And I think, shoot, I couldn't compete either. I was perfect twice and lost. <laughs> you know? I'm guess you took too much. No, I didn't. No. Perfect take eight, no good. Oof, wow. Oof. Oof. That's ugly. Nick Hastings is one dead one or something like that, you know. You well, mentioned him a few times. He's pretty good, or as Ryan would say, he doesn't suck. He don't yeah. suck. And then I'm, uh, and then I'm, uh, I'm perfect. I take. I didn't take a lot. I didn't take two point two something, you know. But Lee Zane was like eight total. You know, I'm perfect and mm. got eight to get in, and I think I checked it out or something like. That. I can't remember, but I didn't win. You know, talk about one of one of the most under the radar guys right there. You know he's comp racing a lot now, but Lee Zane's a bad dude, and you know he was doing it oh, before yeah. before any of this live stream stuff was there. You know, and he don't hit a whole lot of these big money races. He don't he don't leave the house a lot anymore. But when he does, man, it is brutal. Yeah, Lee Zane is good. Like I said, Bug and Nass, they got the whole school deal going on up there, and you know that's you know that's kind of how I set Brooke up sometimes too. I talk to them and. And some of the best advice they gave me once is um, um, they said, all right, you're going, you're going out this round and you're going to lose. Okay. Do you want to lose being 001 red or do you want to lose being 60 green? I want to lose being 001 red. Okay. That's how you set up, set up top. You know, I want to lose being 60 green. All right, don't kick it red. Set up 20 or 30. You're going to lose, though. You know, same thing on top end. You want to give it back a thou or, you know, you want to be two above. You're going to lose. I want to win. No, you're going to lose. How do you want to lose? One thou under? You know, so, you know, just just little stuff like that. Visual, I, you know, when I, when I was younger, I would get beat, get whooped on, and I would go and watch and observe and, you know, try to see what works for me because what works for me might not work for you or whoever else, you know. And and one of my last serious questions I've got here, I'm not sure what what the guys have that are along the serious lines, but um, it seems that we're seeing a little bit of change in like the top bulb stuff, you know, used to you'd see Troy and Gary, you know, rip it six, seven, eight, nine times, just work somebody over and everything is so good. 
You know, it's so good. You know, there's no need for them to do that anymore. You know, it, they might be going three thou under, and if you know if they if you hang a wheel on them, they know that they're going three thou under, and you're going six, seven, eight thou under. You know, it, have you seen that a lot throughout? Or is that, I, I've is that seen, just around. No, I've seen it change over the course of, especially the last fifteen years. Um, you know, used to it was everybody was trying to be two above. So you could hold five, and as long as you took nothing, you know, 20-something, you're going to win, especially if you trim. Oh, that was that's your that was your prime. Yeah, that's what you could do. You're exactly right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you said, everything's got so good. Um, electronics um, have got so good. You know, we can – used to, we had to feel if to see if the car spun or if it's, you know, if it's doing something. Now you can just – Download a run and though. You know. Used to. Fincham still does that. <laughs> Fincham don't know if it's spins or not. He's got no joke. He's got like a, a 1433 going 980s in the eighth. Oh, it spun when I left. I lost people. <laughs> hey, you did. Hey, you did. It ain't, you can't do a burnout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Foley, we're getting late. I know it's getting late on your time out on the East Coast, so you got to give us one more good story, and then we're going to let you get hey, out of here. Hey, hold on. I, I've got the bait for that. Hold on. Okay. Let me get okay. this. Um, Steve Foley, um, do you want to tell the story about going to Huntsville, Alabama, and the trailer's about to catch on fire, or do you want, <laughs> do you want to tell the story of your dad running over a flat tire? I can tell them both. Right. <laughs> I'm good if you're good. We're game. Yeah, I can tell them both. This is this is from an anonymous source. Yeah, because the uh, um, the trailer tire is not going to be. That's not going to be very long, you know. <laughs> the other one may be, but uh, I'll tell the trailer story first. So, uh, me and Rodney, I think Jerry Hunt was going with us. We're going to the Carolinas. I lived in Kentucky at the time, so. You know, we meet up, um, we're traveling over, and and, and I'm kind of single playing the field at the time, and Rodney is too, and, <laughs> and I'm talking to this girl on the phone. And uh, uh, Rodney had a blowout. I'm like, hey, I got to call you back. So we pull over, and every, anywhere we go, Rodney has a blowout every time. <laughs> or every gets put in jail. Or gets put in jail. You got that right. So, so Rodney, um, Rodney pulls over, and he's got a flat tire. So he's out there changing it. And I remember I had to take a leak, so I went up in the woods because we're on like an embankment. I went up in the woods, and I was taking a leak, and daggone, Rodney throws a rock and hits me. I'm like, what the heck, dude? You know, come on. So we get down. We change the tire. It's not. It's dark, you know. It's 10, 30. He's like, I want to call you. In a minute, you check on that tire. And I said, all right, no problem. I said, I'll be talking to this girl. I said, she got a good-looking friend, man. Why don't you let me hook you up? And he's like, all right, I'll call you, you know. So we get back in, and we're going down the road. And, I mean, we not, we probably went 10 miles. And he said, he calls me, and I answer, and I'm on the phone with, with the chick, you know. And we get her, her friend on, and, we're you know, we're on the – we got like a, a three-way conversation going on here. We got a four-way call. Well, kind of like a four-way call, yeah. We're all talking, and Rodney said, and my dad's driving. He said, (laughs) 
He said, Foley, pull up and check on this tire and see if it's smoke, if you see anything, because I can't see. And I said, all right. But Dad, pull up. He pulls up. I never looked at the tire. <laughs> I was just talking on the phone because, you know, it's, it's a four-way conversation. We're just talking. And, and, and I said, yeah, Rodney, tire's good. I never looked on it. Honestly, I never looked <laughs> So Dad starts backing up, and he gets behind Rodney, and, I mean, it hadn't been – five seconds i said dad tire and then my dad runs over it it's like boom 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 and i'm like dang i said we just ran over tire rodney said that was my tire i got a flat <laughs> so we pull over and now we ain't got a spare he just takes it off and we limp it on in you know it takes the whole wheel off so we go in on three wheels and and, and then go find the find the tire the next day it's a used place um, of course, and we blow it out on the way home. <laughs> you know, but they're done that. Yeah, but the uh, the other story in Huntsville, Alabama, that's a pretty good one. We was going to the first ever 20k. Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Blackburn ended up winning that, which is another Kentucky racer, really good bottom bowler. But we're on the way. We meet up like normal, and I got my mom with me. Me and my mom. And I'm following Rodney, and I said, I'm going to get around Rodney. And I got – I was in my little brother's truck, and he had, like, this boombox stereo system going on. So I turned – I cranked it up real loud, and I said, watch this. So I rolled by Rodney, you know, and I'm I'm jamming out, singing, giving him a thumbs up. And he's kind of looking at me like, you're an idiot, you know, like normal. And when, I, when my trailer goes by him, you can't see nothing for the smoke. Okay, I always check my mirrors and stuff, but I didn't check it. I just got right over. He's calling me. I picked the phone up. He's like, pull over. And he's like, your stuff's on fire. And I look and there's smoke everywhere. And I just happened to be like a pilot station or a gas station. So I'll swing this thing in. It's a truck stop. And I stopped it right in the middle of everything. (laughs) Uh, The gas right in the middle right before you get the gas pump. And, I mean, this thing's smoking, and Rodney gets out. And if you know Rodney, everything he does, he catches on fire. Like, he's caught his truck on fire on the interstate, you know, that time. I don't know if you heard that story or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, uh, uh, but anyway, so he's got a fire extinguisher wherever he goes. He's got a fire extinguisher. He's putting this thing out. It's not even on fire. It's just smoking, but. He thinks it's on fire. <laughs> so it's it, we're almost at Huntsville, and it's I mean it's about a hundred degrees. It's hot, and everything I mean, everything's melted onto the spindle. I mean it's just got hot, and he's having to beat it off with the hammer. Bam! I mean everything. And and let's clear things up real quick. You don't really work on your own stuff a whole lot when it comes to the trailer and the. No, truck. that's why I was trying to get in the family with Jeff. And then, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, Bobby Warren, Jeff Warren, you know, Warren Engines, Bill Motors, got race cars. All right. I can't work on my stuff too good. Just like my buddy Chris Johnson told him, said, told my father-in-law, he said, the only thing to ever put in Foley's hands is a stern wheel. Because I'm about to cut a finger <laughs> off one. <laughs> we were changing the we was changing converters and he was tightening the converter up and I was tightening the transmission up on Draxter and I hit the starter on with the wrench and I didn't know it. He had his hands up in there. I cut his thumb off. So he said, don't ever give Foley a wrench. 
buddy Chris Johnson. So um, he said, just stern wheel. So, but anyways, no, I don't work on my stuff a lot. So Rodney's done all the work. And it's like I said, it's 100 degrees, and I'm I'm under a shade tree eating a bologna sandwich. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Rod, I wasn't going to get in his way, you know what I'm saying? If I get done, I'm just getting in his way. Nah, he's well, doing a damn fine job. Yeah, the only way he's going to need me is to get dark and go to flashlight. You know, <laughs> and it's not getting dark because it's, you know, it's, three, it's 3 o'clock in the daytime. It's 100 degrees. I'm telling you, I was in the shade sweat. I have my Dr. Pepper and my bologna sandwich. And <laughs> this guy, all right, so Rodney couldn't see the gas station from where he was at. He was on the passenger side of the trailer. It was an open trailer, had my car on it. And the gas station sat on the other side. And Rodney's down, and he has got the hammer and the chisel, and he's trying to beat. Everything you know, the bearing it's welded. He's trying to cut everything, get it off of the spindle. And I mean, he's hit his knuckles eight times. I mean, they're bleeding literally. <laughs> they're bleeding more. It's, I mean, the blood's dropping off on the ground. He's sweating, and this guy comes out of the store that owns the store. We, I mean, we've probably been there two or three hours. He's come out of the store, and I've been in shade the whole time. <laughs> he's this guy come out of the store. And he's about 16, 240 solid. I mean, this dude is, I mean, he's, he might be on steroids. Yeah, he's on steroids. Ain't no doubt. And he said, (laughs) I never will forget it, that he said, if y'all don't move these race cars, there's going to be a truck to come in in a minute and run over every dang one of them. Well, Rodney jumps up and he throws his hammer down. And I said, oh, don't throw your hammer down, Rodney. Don't throw your hammer down. He threw his hammer down. Because Rodney can't see him yet. No, he don't see him yet. Rodney's mad because he's bleeding. He's sweating. And I'm eating the bloody sandwich in the shade. So he takes off and Rodney's already cussing when he, before he ever makes the corner. He's already like, there's only going to be one after this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Rodney said, when he turned the corner, all right, give me love. Not love. When he turns the corner, <laughs> Rodney sees this guy, but it's too late now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking, all right, Rodney's already threw his hammer down. This guy's 16, 240. I, he, he, Rodney's on his own. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to drink my Dr. Pepper and my bologna sandwich, and I'm going to watch Rodney get whooped. I'm going to do. He's on his own. And, and, Foley's, and Foley's probably, what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, I'm about, no, I ain't 6'4". I'm about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, probably 6'2", probably. I'm 160, but I'm cut pretty good. You know, I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's so, all those bologna sandwiches. So, so and, and you know, the bologna sandwich thing goes back because he tried to ride down the racetrack with Steve Stites back in the day in a slow, slow Cavalier. And and they told him to get out, and Foley just gets out like it nothing happened. And, it, you know, on the starting line, just eating his bologna on sandwich. The start, and walks that's away. right. That's right. We was at Lake Cumberland, Russell Springs, Kentucky, and it was a big race. And I had my bologna sandwich again, Dr. Pepper. And um, so I said, What are you going to do? And I said, 
I'm gonna ride down the track with you. He said, Really? I said, Yeah, dial this bad boy up. <laughs> and he said, They ain't gonna let you. I said, They'll let us, man. Come on. And Rodney is behind Stites and don't know I'm in the car. <laughs> so Stites pulls through and he don't have to do a burnout because you know he's in Cavalier. So he's gonna do a dry hop. So he does a dry hop and he stops. That starter's looking at us. And then he kind of motioned for me to get out of the car. <laughs> Scott said, I think he's trying to tell you to get out of the car. And I said, no, he's telling you to go stage this thing. Come on. <laughs> so Stotts does another dry hop, and we're about to pre-stage. And the starter's out there, and he's looking in the window saying, get out of the car. <laughs> Stotts says, get out of the car. I said, all right. Opened up the door. Out. Rodney said, I saw the passenger door open. I said, what? Because he's in the burnout box now, you know. He said, what in the world's going on? He said, then I saw legs. He finally gets out, shuts the door, and just walks off real slow like nothing's ever happened. You know? Rodney's thinking, what in the world's going on? You know? So so we're going to wrap this thing up. Hang, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. We're gonna go, before we do that, what happened with the fight with the 6'10"? Exactly. Oh, so Rodney comes we out, can't leave that. Cussing, yeah. He's cussing this I guy, I mean, up and down, and Rodney's going right for him. And Rodney said, you know, I've already – I've already stuck my foot in my mouth. Now I got to go towards this guy, you know. That guy doesn't say a word. He turns around and goes back in the door, <laughs> the gas station door. Rodney stopped and turned around, started walking back, looking at me, and he said, "Man, I'm glad he went back in." <laughs> I said, I to see up, you know, I wanted to see. I wanted to see you get it all. I said, "Why'd you throw your hammer down, dude?" He said, "I didn't." He said, "I was mad, man. I just threw it down. I didn't know I didn't know he was gonna be." You know, 16. I, I've heard this story every bit of five times, and it gets better every time I hear it. And I oh. forgot you guys didn't know how it ended. I'm sorry. Look, oh, no. We had to – we got to share that. Oh, that's awesome. That was, like that was a, good. You ever want like a rated R – not kind of rated R, but but the, the best story on Rodney has got to be the P story, man. That's the, the P? funniest story. The P. The P. The P. <laughs> I gotta can I tell it real quick. Come you on, you gotta yeah. tell it. You gotta we tell it. Cut it out if we can cut it out if it's too bad. Okay, Come it ain't on. too bad. So we're going to rock. Yeah, we have we have Clegghorn on here. We got our rated going already. So okay. let's so fucking going, get it. We're going. We're going to uh, North Carolina, of course. So we're traveling. We're all in the line, and Rodney's leading, which is Rodney always leads. And he always gets his lost. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been we've stopped like twenty eight times. And the only way we can get there is if we don't stop again. And we're like four and a half, five hours out. So Jake is little. Jake Ball's little. And he's sleeping in the back of the truck. And we're all following Rodney. <laughs> and Rodney's got to pee. Okay? Okay. So Rodney's got to pee. So he decides he's not going to stop, but he's going to get a Gatorade bottle. And he's going to start peeing. So he puts the Gatorade bottle on the bottom of the stern wheel between the stern wheel and, and the center column of the stern wheel. So he's going to hold the Gatorade bottle and the stern wheel and drive at the same time. And then he's going to hold his, his bird, penis, whatever you want to call it, his, his, his dingling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. With the other hand, okay? So as he's getting situated, he's getting all this situated, 
He starts slowly creeping in the emergency lane. Okay? Now, remind you, we're going 75 down I-40. Was okay? this the gooseneck trailer? This is not the gooseneck trailer. No, but it's the same truck he's had all his life. So, now we're all thinking he's falling asleep. So we're calling him. Well, he can't answer because he's got the Gatorade bottle <laughs> one hand, and he's trying to get his stuff in line with the Gatorade bottle and drive with the other. He can't answer. So as he's getting all this situated, he is totally in the emergency lane. <laughs> you know, the rumble strips had to be wide open. And Rodney said when he started full flow, he looked up, and there's a car broke down in the emergency room. Stop. And I'm talking probably 100 feet, and Rodney's fixing to run completely over the car that's broke down in the emergency lane. Well, before Rodney thought, he let go of his bird, grabbed the stern wheel, and yanked the stern wheel left. The horn column hits the Gatorade bottle that's half full and goes like a – it goes off. It goes off the passenger window. And it hits the passenger window. And Rodney goes for emergency lane. It was like emergency lane all the way across two lanes in the median. Broke down car goes by us, and then back out of the median onto the high, onto the interstate and then exit. <laughs> so I'm like, it's like boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what's Rodney doing? Emergency lane. Oh, he's going to median. Oh, there's a broke down car. What's he doing? You know. <laughs> So he exits and he gets out and he is soaking wet, head to toe. And he looks at us and he says, I'll explain in a minute. I got to go clean up. I got to go shower. And poor Jake's in the back soaking wet and he never woke up. Jake's soaking wet with this in the back, never woke up. That is by far one of the best ones there. I mean, I could just see that steering wheel turning, hitting the Gatorade bottle. It's going through the air. Car broke down. He probably missed it by like two feet. Going all the way in the median, grass median, coming out, trailer jackknifing. And he slept in that truck all weekend. Yeah, he slept in it all weekend. He had air drop when he got there. He rubbed the windows down and took a water hose and sprayed it out. Oh, he stayed for that one, guys. That was worth it. I mean, that was just one one of many. I mean, uh, uh, of course, uh-huh. everybody's heard the Wally story. We've had um, oh my know, there's god, a knife, there's a knife story out there. I didn't know that ever existed. I didn't know if you opened a knife, you had to shut it or bad luck. I never heard that. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. And Rodney won. We at Clay City, and Rodney won everything they had, and we's on the last day. And I hadn't won a round. My car was junk. And we and it's always something to do with bologna. But he said, he said, here's a knife. Open this bologna. So he handed me the knife. I opened up the knife, opened the bologna, handed him back the knife. And he said, shut the knife. I said, I ain't shutting the knife, dude. You shut it. He says, bad luck. I said, well, my luck needs to change anyway. Shut it. <laughs> so I talked him into shutting the knife. He goes out there, and his car breaks. It runs like three tenths off. I win the race. We we go to Hooters and stop and eat, go in. When we come out, his truck 
blue radiator hose sitting still cut off. <laughs> and he's always, he always blamed the knife on it, you know. So, I mean, that's just, shoot, there's so many stories. God. So many stories. All right. Foley, you have lived up or exceeded <laughs> Hodge's expectations that he set. This has been that's, that's unbelievably saying, great. For the this first is time. great. Uh, we we've uh, got to have you back on. Obviously, hey, this anytime, is the, man. I appreciate uh, we appreciate what y'all do with Drag Champ, man. I mean, it's for the sports and racers, you know, and and what y'all do. It's it's a really cool deal, and and uh, y'all got our support for from now on. We appreciate. Oh, it. We we didn't have it before. Uh, no, no. Okay. No, I just can't. He, he had it when when Brooke uh, made the top ten and. Was yeah, that, was, that was that was that was was the breaker, you know. <laughs> That's my secret weapon, Foley. Is you just okay. take somebody that wins and you put them on the on the cover and put it all over the internet and everybody goes, oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan now. Hey, just feel just feel good about it because I won the only race I'm probably ever going to win again, and I didn't make it. I'm not even honorable mention, so not even proud, honorable I'm mention. I'm proud of her. Um, yeah, 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 I'm proud of her too. She deserved a little publicity. She yeah. always like she always let go good. She just needed to get the the other little things uh, fundamentals down, you know. Um, and now she so, got it all. So. Yeah, so, this has been amazing. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's really yeah, late for you. But... Anytime, I'd be happy to get back on. And, like I said, any, any, anything yeah, I he can work, do He works for family. He, he, can, he can stay up late. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate you, bud. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. All right, guys. That was an amazing interview that went for like oh, an hour and a half. But Foley is awesome. It hurts to talk. And, yeah, and, and you know, I knew it was going to get a little long-winded. And I realized about 45 minutes into it, I'd done asked him too much. You know, and I and I I knew too much, and kind of a lot of that stuff is a backstory because everything with Steve Foley and Rodney Finch is a backstory. You're gonna get wide, you're gonna get how, and you're gonna get where, and and mm-hmm. and everybody that was involved. But you know, Steve's that guy. He's never had a drop of alcohol in his life. You know, he's he he doesn't. You know, he when he mean when he says he he got a second chance at life, he means it. You know, he's never ever had a sip of alcohol. He's never partaken in anything like that. And you know, and the success he had is huge, but to him, it, that's not, that's not where he wins. I don't think, you know, I think he wins more morally and he wins more, you know, uh, he gets to come home to a family, you know, and at one time it wasn't going to look like he was ever going to do that. So I, I think, you know, his, his off the track is, is way more important to him, but that shows in his on track performance. Yeah, it's was, it was just so much in that episode and just to that interview. He, uh, It sounded like he hit his stride about an hour in. We could have just started there and probably even had a, like a 10 times better interview. So I hated to stop him, but, man, that was that was really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. That- all right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Thanks to all the fans that are out there. And uh, any closing thoughts from either one of you two guys, and we'll just wrap this show up. Um. I'll just go ahead and say I can't wait to talk to Jake Ball again and talk to him about how his dad pissed on him. <laughs> Are you saying it might be a fetish of his? Uh, no, but it's definitely going to be a conversation that gets brought up, and I'm about to text Ernie Humes about it right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, That's sorry, awesome. sorry, Jake Ball, on that. Being, uh, apparently, uh, I wish my dad would have pissed on me when I was a baby. You know, I <laughs> I don't know if that's what it takes, man. If that's what it is. And, and, you know, 
you go to the racetrack and and steve really don't work on any of his stuff we, we put four different weights of oil in that duster that weekend and that's how we killed the fire ants. We changed oil. I changed oil on the dragster when I got there, and he changed oil on the duster. But he, I had one quart, and he had to borrow six. You know, it was one <laughs> of those things. And he said, "Oh, that filter's good. I ain't worried about that filter." You know, he works in engine shop, whatever. You know, um, and you break down on the side of the road. Rodney's the guy pulling over. Well, I think it's only fair that we get Fincham on here to to redeem himself and tell a few foley stories. What do you think? I texted him and told him the P story, and he said, "He said, oh, we just told the P story." And he said. That's a real knee slapper. <laughs> and he said, he said, I reckon I owe him one. So. All right, guys. Until next time. Yep. Peace out. This is Steve Foley. I was just on the drag champ show. Thanks to my lovely wife who made the top 10, baby.